Song of Solomon chapter 2 says, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. So, what are the little foxes in your marriage? The small things that might go unnoticed for a while, but can cause a big issue down the road. In this episode of The Marriage Conversation, we are going to identify and root out the small foxes as we learn how to go from being a selfish spouse to a servant spouse. I'm so glad you're joining us on another episode of the Awaken to Grace podcast. In this series, we are talking about marriage, how to align our marriages to God's design. And when we align to the design, well, there are great keys that God gives us for unlocking a greater marriage. One of the keys we're going to talk about today When Christ is in the center of our marriage, God has his rightful place in our marriage. Well, do you know what happens? One of the outflows of that, one of the keys that unlocks the greater potential of our marriage is that we grow from being a selfish spouse to being more of a servant-minded spouse. Yeah, we're all flawed and we're all... Um, sinful people, and we walk into marriages being those people, and we um, we need to learn how to become a servant yes. spouse instead of selfish. So when the Bible says that we leave and cleave, we dealt with that in a previous episode. One of the problems to this is the Bible says we then become one flesh. <laughs> well, the problem is we're sinful people. The problem is we're taking two individuals with two separate wills, two separate backgrounds, two separate ways of thinking, and worse of all, two sets of pride, two sets of arrogance, two sets of selfishness, and we're trying to make it one. That's a tough thing to do. But God, that's why it takes God being active in our marriages to make it work. We can't do these things on our own. So let's get on the same page here. Uh, Let's go to the Word of God. We're going to be in Song of Solomon chapter 2, and then this is verse 15. And it says, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, and for our vineyards are in blossom. So, you know, (laughs) I always talk about how relevant God's Word is. No matter how much time passes, no matter what the culture or the generation, God's Word is relevant. And this is a great example of God's relevance. You know, they tell us in Napa Valley, where so much wine is produced, where there are such rich and flourishing vineyards, they tell us that one of their constant struggles is to keep out small animals. They have no trouble keeping out large animals. It's the small animals that give them trouble. And one of the worst of the small animals, one of the worst offenders are small foxes. Did you know that? And vineyard owners tell us that what one of the problems is these foxes will come into a vineyard, they'll gnaw on the vine, on the roots, and they, a small fox, can destroy an entire vineyard. Friends, our marriage is the same way. 
when we choose, when we allow selfishness to go unchecked within our covenant unions, when unselfishness runs rampant in our mindsets, in our hearts, in our behaviors, in our actions, it, the Bible compares it to small foxes destroying the entire vineyard. There are small attitudes, there are small behaviors, there are small actions that you can allow towards your spouse or toward your family that it's like a small fox destroying what God meant to be a healthy, a flourishing, a rich vineyard in your life. Sadie, what, what in your opinion, what are some small foxes that we need to guard against in our marriages? Some of the small foxes, um, those can be um, your tone. I say it all the time, especially to our kids. Attitude, tone, and presentation. And those can be small foxes. The, the way that you talk to your spouse, the language that you use, um, the attitude that comes behind it. Mm. Um, Chad can't see this fox, but it's rolling eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Again, presentation. Um, someone told me, Sadie, the other day, I don't even know if you know this, but someone told me I was on the front row of our church and the countdown was happening, Eric, on the screens, and the band was getting ready to fire up, and Piper must have come and asked me if she could do something or whatever. But whoever was telling me this was watching it, and I shook my head no, and Piper stuck her tongue out at me <laughs> and then walked away. Can you believe that? What a little rat. <sighs> what a little fox. Just like her mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, the Bible version that I use, um, verse 15 says, catch the foxes, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards. Mm. Catch those. Stop those in their tracks. Yes. Stop those eye rolls. Stop that attitude. Stop that tone. Um, and then some other things are assumptions false assumptions oh yeah and um deceptions name calling yes yes you know you talk about false assumptions do you ever think about this satan lies to you he'll tell you things that are not true he'll tell you things that is a false assumption and I tell you what I try to do, if I sense that Satan is lying to me, this is what I try to remember. The Bible says that Jesus is full of grace and truth. And I'll try to think about that. Maybe, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, but maybe Sadie, maybe Sadie is just overwhelmed one day, and maybe Satan will tell me, you know, she really doesn't, you know, she, she's too preoccupied or, you know, she doesn't care that you're blind or whatever the case. You know, he lies over everything. I'll stop myself. I try to. You're talking about catching the foxes. I'll try to stop myself and I'll say, Lord, let me remember what's true and give me the grace for it. I want to be a person who's filled with grace and truth. And when you get the truth of God inside you, you're going to have grace for those moments. You're going to have grace for those deceptions. And you're not going to fall for those false assumptions that Satan wants to fill all of us, our hearts and our heads with. I'm a little bit more redneck than Chad. <laughs> so I A little is an understatement. <laughs> She's from Greenville, Tennessee. If you're truly from there, you say Greenville. But anywho, um, I remember when I was young, my dad told me about assumptions and 
If you don't know that saying, you can Google it because I'm not allowed to say it on a Christian Does podcast. It not be appropriate, is it's it? not appropriate at all. You can Google it. I'm sure it's out there. But <laughs> it, it's it's harmful to both you and me. <laughs> <laughs> so th- I think this is so great that we can even take this this principle of catching the small foxes. And let's go all the way back to episode one. If you haven't listened to those episodes that come before this one, we encourage you to do so. That way you're caught up on this one. Uh, But let's go all the way back to Ephesians 5. And what does it say? We're going to submit to each other out of reverence or respect Mm -hmm. for the Lord. So those small foxes are disrespectful in nature, right? Absolutely. One of the number one topics in my counseling office as I work with marriages, one of the number one things is cell phones. Ugh. Cell phones can rob your attention. And you don't, many of you, uh, I want us to hear this from my heart. Many of us don't realize what a small fox that little smartphone is in our hands. And if you're someone that you work all day and then you come home and you just lock yourself away, or you can be in the family room with all of your children and spouse, and you can be lost in your cell phone. Oh, absolutely. You know, what you're doing on your cell phone doesn't have to be sinful, like you're watching porn or something like that. I mean, it's just the distraction alone from your cell phone. And that goes with social media, that goes with shopping on tablets. Again, we're all vulnerable to these small foxes. We have to catch them. We have to be we have to be aware of them. And I think that's insp- I actually I know um, through my own marriage that it's especially important when your spouse um, when when her highest love language is quality time. When you pick up your cell phone and you get distracted and lost when you're supposed to be spending time together what what signal mm-hmm. is that telling your spouse what what fox is that is that letting in to your marriage because satan can what chad said satan can lie to your spouse and say their phone that person that they're texting whatever that is that is more important than i am and you're setting a precedent in their head that what's happening on that device is more important than what's happening in your home in that moment. Yep. And don't lie to yourself and tell yourself it's not a big deal because notice what the scriptures say. It doesn't say small foxes hang out in vineyards. It says small foxes ruin them. Small foxes destroy the vineyard. So don't take these what are small foxes and shrug your shoulders and say, it's really not a big deal. Friends, it is. And so take God's word literal. Satan's agenda for your marriage is to steal, kill, and destroy. And how will he do it? He'll do it through small things, Mm -hmm. through little things. So pay attention. Catch the small foxes. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you'll, you'll have a much richer marriage. And if one fox can get in, what's to say that two, three, four foxes can't get in? So if you being on your phone doesn't bother you, but it's bothering your spouse, yes. I mean, you have to, you have to take their feelings into consideration because it, it just is a domino effect after that if you don't. So that goes into the question, as a spouse, are we a selfish spouse or are we a servant-minded spouse? So let's talk for a moment about what marriage looks like when you have this dynamic between selfishness and servant-mindedness. 
Uh, I think a marriage between two very selfish people, I think that means someone, uh, a marriage that's not seeking God together, a mar- that doesn't mean that they're horrible people. That doesn't mean that they're bad or, or, or mean people. What it means is that without Christ as the center, we all we all are self-centered, right? So it's our own agenda. It's our own ambition. It's our own feelings that are in the center of the marriage rather than Christ. And so for two selfish people to be married to each other, what's that marriage going to look like? Uh, It's probably going to be just a functional marriage. It's going to be cold. It's not going to have Christ-likeness in it. It's not going to have humility as part of it. It's going to be very selfish, and it's not going to seek to honor and glorify Christ. It sounds like it's going to be weak, and it's going to be easy for those two to leave and leave each other. Hmm. More of a contract-based. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think, too, that exactly what Sadie said, there's no growth happening. There's no bonding. There's no—the first storm that comes, I mean, they're going to be pointing the finger at each other instead of tackling the thing together. Um, And just like Chad said, it's cold, it's distant, it's it's very unhealthy um, to be in a a selfish— marriage where both people are selfish so what will a marriage look like between if one is selfish and not seeking christ the other spouse is becoming more servant-minded because scripture says that we are to count others more significant than ourselves scripture says we are to honor one another that means to put the needs of someone above your own needs so what does it look like if if a marriage is is lopsided there one is selfish, the other is servant-minded. Well, probably it's going to be more of a abusive, selfish, ta- let's, let's call it this, uh, taking advantage. One's going to take advantage over the other. Yeah, I think that's easy when you have one who is a servant and one who is selfish. Um, especially when you look at godly roles, it's easy for for somebody to be serving and doing and trying to live up to the expectation that God has called them to be. And then the other person is selfish and draining and, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's very manipulative and abusive. Absolutely. And, uh, in the next episode of this series, we're going to talk about the roles and the responsibilities between husbands and wives and how one is not over the other or greater than the other or more important than the other. But, they, even though they have different function, they have equal standing. And part of the alignment, part of the purpose is so that you are in unity. If one is selfish and one is servant minded, you're out of sync, you're out of order, you're out of unity. And that's where the danger for manipulation and the danger for being taken advantage of is. But what about a marriage? that is in alignment to God's Word, is in alignment to God's will, where both are servant-minded, what's that marriage going to look like? It's going to be fulfilling. It's going to have satisfaction to it. Because when you serve, you get filled up too because you Mm. are giving. And when you have an attitude of gratitude and uh, through serving, Mm. it, it fills your cup as you're pouring out. Absolutely. When we do the podcast session on conflict resolution, 
what we're going to learn, one of the key things we're going to learn in that podcast, attitude is everything in marriage. It is everything. And exactly what you're saying, when you have an attitude of servanthood, when you when your heart is to pour out, you're always going to get poured back into if you guys are in alignment. So take inventory today. Where uh, Before you ask where your marriage is, first, ask where you are. Where is your heart? Begin there. Don't start with your spouse. Start with yourself. Is your heart selfish or is it servant? Are your behaviors selfish or are they servant-minded? Are your actions selfish or servant-minded? Begin with you. And then as you line yourself up to God's Word, it's going to be easier for you to have good conversations with your spouse. It's going to be easier for you to pray for your spouse, and it's going to be easier for you both to come into better alignment. So you, your heart, your behavior, your attitude, your actions, are they servant-minded or are they quite selfish? Guys, we hope you're getting so much out of these first four episodes. Um, We are just excited that we're here, excited that we're putting this content out. As Chad mentioned, our next episode is going to be on the roles and responsibility of the husband and of the wife in marriage and how what Scripture teaches is one is not greater than the other. One is not more important than the other. They are both in equal standing. And if we walk in both of them, that is when our marriage starts to produce fruit. 